Hi, I'm Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. This podcast is about all things related to honest health and wellness, eating disorder recovery, lifestyle stuff, and more. I want to share my personal experience along with interviewing amazing guests to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. I've honestly always had a hard time allowing myself the dessert. If you have to, let's get real and take the cake. Take the Cake is about informing, inspiring, and educating you. It's not intended to diagnose or treat anything. It's simply for your entertainment, and I just want to give a trigger warning to anyone who is easily triggered by topics centered around disordered eating and stuff like that. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. Today's episode is going to be a solo episode, so it's just going to be me, and I hope that's okay. I definitely still wanted to record some of these, and I had lots of ideas, and it just dawned on me last week that I haven't really talked about my recovery journey so far. And I have been in recovery for just over two years, which it feels like it's been kind of not that many years, but at the same time, it feels like my eating disorder days are way behind me, like it's been more than two years. So weird how time works like that. My very first podcast episode was about my story. And, you know, I think it's important to share your story, to share your struggles, But I also think it's important to talk about the recovery process because it's a long process. I think for me especially, and for a lot of people, I get a lot of DMs of people asking me like, when does this stop? When does this symptom stop? When do I get, you know, weight distribution? When can I start exercise? And honestly, I can never really answer those questions because A, I'm not a professional. I don't really know exactly you know, everyone's recovery story and also everyone is so different. But I think this episode will be encouraging because I try and be an open book. I'm trying to be as vulnerable as I can in this process and it's been a really interesting couple years. So let's just start from when I first started my recovery. So this is February 2018. Um, I'm going to try and do like a timeline and trying to and remember to tell you like the dates and the months. But um yeah, so February 2018 to like April 2018. And well, I remember telling my husband Rio that I really wanted to gain weight. And some of you may know this, but my biggest motivation to recover, I think I had two. One of them was because I really wanted to get my period back. I have had hypothalamic amenorrhea for literally basically my entire pubescent years. You know, I started my cycle. I got my first period really late in the game. Um, So I basically had HA for most of my childbearing years so far. So I really wanted to see, you know, can my body actually have a cycle every month? Because of course, my eating disorder back then kind of lied to me and told me, oh, you're just infertile or you have PCOS or, you know, you, you won't have a cycle every month. Anyways, that was my motivation. On top of that, at the time, I had been working really hard as a model. I had some really good clients, but I was dead 
tired. I mean, from the hard work, yes, but mostly because of the fact that I was very malnourished and very hungry and in starvation mode. Those two things combined, really long hours, modeling, and then, you know, having an eating disorder, eventually you hit a wall, right? So those were kind of my two reasons I wanted to gain weight. So I told Rio I wanted to gain weight. I told him I'm serious this time. I really want to recover. This was the start of my journey. And to be honest, I was in major like quasi recovery, which if you don't know what that is, that's kind of like half-assing it. I was half-assing it. And in hindsight, I really wasn't even halfway in. You know, I was still measuring my food. I was weighing myself daily under the guise of I am measuring to make sure I'm eating enough. And I'm weighing myself every day to make sure I'm gaining weight. When in reality, I was really just tracking my macros, calories, whatnot. And I was just kind of being sure that I maintained my weight. I think that a lot of people you know, a lot of people ask me, do I gain, you know, do I weigh myself when I first start recovery? I actually did weigh myself, but in hindsight, I wish I wouldn't have. Because I think no matter if the number goes up, okay, you have a reaction. Um, if the number goes down, you have a reaction. If the number stays the same, you have a reaction. And for me, all three of those options led me to not great thoughts. So it definitely didn't help me that I was weighing myself every day. And I was telling Rio that I'm just weighing my food because I just want to make sure I'm eating enough. And of course, we know that that's not true because there's a difference between a meal plan that is prescribed by your eating disorder dietitian or your doctor or your recovery coach or whoever, you know, your treatment team and tracking your own calories and macros to quote unquote, make sure you're eating enough. So if you're in that spot, really ask yourself why you're doing that. So anyways, my initial goal, like I said, was to get my cycle back. So that really did keep me going, but I really didn't make any adjustments to my life except eating a little bit more with a little bit more freedom. And I, at that time, I told Rio my goals and I basically confessed to him and allowed him to be a part of the process. And I didn't tell anyone else or get any professional help. In hindsight, again, that was a mistake. But, you know, I thought I could do it myself, and I think we all have that in us. Even when I was in treatment, I had that a little bit. I definitely didn't surrender at all. And, um, you know, I told him that I wanted him to be a part of the process, so of course he was. But like I said, I was a master manipulator, and I just really... I didn't allow him to be really a part of the process, if you know what I mean. So at this point, I felt pretty stuck. I knew I wanted something that I could have, but I didn't want to sacrifice the other thing I wanted, which was a certain body size. And my body really wasn't changing. Um, so one day I woke up and I just decided to make an OBGYN appointment. I decided to make an appointment with my doctor. I, I don't know why I did this. I think I just needed to see what was really happening. At this point, I think I'd gained a little bit of weight, not that much. And I'm not going to say how much because I know that can be triggering, but I, I didn't gain a lot. And he said, you're a low weight. You're too low weight. He said, did, did you ever have an eating disorder? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of did. And whatever, you know, kind of wasn't really being honest completely with him, but he basically gave me an ultrasound. He said, I, you know, you have cysts all over your ovaries, but you don't have PCOS. You just need to gain weight. And I think that will get your cycle back. Got the full on doctor 
HA sort of diagnosis, I really hit a wall then. So this is April 2018 to August 2018. I hit a wall. I started to listen to a lot of podcasts. I started to follow body neutrality, body positivity accounts. I started to unfollow a lot of people as well. That really was the biggest change. Um, And I kind of started getting political about my weight. So at this point, I am stuck in a modeling contract. I was burnt out. And that was, like I said, that was another motivator for me to really start the process of weight gain. I did find myself semi-restricting and, of course, binging at night, really. But for the first time in my life, I actually let it happen. You know, I didn't, like, stop binging. I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep eating. I didn't binge with the mindset of I'm going to do things to get rid of this. I just let myself eat a little bit more than I would normally have. And I, I don't think that every night it was technically like a binge, but it did feel like a lot of food for me. Basically, I just surrendered to eating more and I was eating a lot more. Um, so I started to gain weight fairly quickly. It still seemed kind of slow. You know, I wasn't all in. I was, in reality, probably more like 75% in. But I could feel the weight that I was gaining doing things to my mind and body. Um, Some of which were really pleasant, some of which were not. A flashback to my very first YouTube video called, I think it's called, Great Things That Happen When You Gain Weight. So really, the best things that began to happen to me were like immediate energy, I had tons of self-awareness. Um, my stress levels were super calm. You know, I was always stressed out before. So it finally felt like I had some control over my stress. Um, I was generally happier and I definitely I definitely just had a desire to do more pleasurable things in my life. Um, in fact, side note, research shows that people who starve themselves have difficulty experiencing pleasure from everything not just food. So think about that for a minute. Talk about like a sad life. I mean, just putting it out there. And um, I was less cold all the time. And I had, a, you know, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but I did have so many really good things that happened when I started to gain weight. They were pretty immediate. Some of the negative things, I know I'm not going to just be, I'm going to be real with you. I'm not just going to be positive. Some of the negative things were night sweats. I was having some interesting night sweats. I know not every night, but I was having a little bit of night sweats and they weren't every night, like I said, maybe once a week. Um, I kind of felt very uncertain. Obviously, I knew that my I was jeopardizing my modeling career. That was like the only thing that I had going for me at that point. So I was like, I'm jeopardizing my entire career. Um, you know, didn't know what my body was going to look like. I didn't even know if I was able to get my period back. I, I had very little hope, to say the least. So another thing I had was extreme hunger. We all know what that's like when we underfeed ourselves. It's extreme. They don't kid around with that word. Anxiety about weight gain, some digestive issues. Those were the negative things. And look, they were there, okay? But I want you to remember all along that my recovery was 110% worth it. I mean, so worth it. So those were just temporary and they did happen to me. But I mean, yeah, 
they, it, my recovery was worth it. I'm just going to leave that there. So at this point, my biggest regret at this point was doing recovery on my own. If I would have had a doctor, a dietitian, a therapist, I could have gotten a meal plan. I could have gotten resources that would have really, really helped me. So then now it's kind of August 2018 to the end of 2018, to the end of the year. My weight increased dramatically. Like within a couple of weeks, I was gaining fast and I was still eating whatever I wanted when I was hungry and I was still experiencing extreme hunger. And at this point, my modeling agency let me go because I am a workaholic I don't know if that is actually what I am, but I feel like I am somebody who's very anxious when I don't have stuff going on. Um, I'm definitely like productivity is something that I idolize. I will admit it. It's not good, which is why I don't release a podcast episode every week. FYI, that is, um, that's me trying to have self-care. Anyways, I had a contact who was uh, somebody that I had met on a commercial I did. And she was very, she knew a lot of people in the industry. So I basically told her, I need a new agent. And it was right away. I mean, I remember I was in contact with this girl, this woman from the point I wasn't even, I hadn't even left my old agency yet. So she kind of like helped me leave my agency. And she was like, I know all these agents who are going to love you. So I remember going to two different modeling agencies like the next week that my agency let me go, my previous one, which again, in hindsight, I'm like, girl, you're in, this is me talking to myself, girl, you're in recovery. You just got dropped from your modeling agents who told you to lose weight all the time and who facilitated your eating disorder. You're in recovery. And like the next week, I'm like trying to get a new agent. Like in hindsight, I'm like, that's really foolish, honestly. But you know, I had a lot of anxiety. So anyways, I remember going to the first agency and they were like, okay, we're going to measure you. We're going to, you know, talk to you. And they were very sweet, but they basically said, come back when you have lost a couple inches around your waist. And I remember leaving that meeting. I did cry. I remember thinking, I'm not going to cry about this. I can handle rejection. I had learned to handle rejection from not getting jobs, from being a model, being a commercial actress. I had to learn how to handle rejection really fast. So I, I was surprised that it really got to me, but it did. And it was raining that day and I was just like walking home in Beverly Hills. I, I wasn't walking, walking to my car in Beverly Hills. Anyways, I was really hopeful because a couple days later, an agent, another agent who I had a meeting with was like, we want you to be in our, you know, bigger board. We're looking for models who look like you. So I was like, yes, I have a place in the industry and I'm going to get my career back and it's going to be different. It's going to be great. And then I went there and they were like super, super nice. Like it really seemed like they wanted to represent me. And then they called me and told me, that I wasn't big enough. So I had an agent tell me I wasn't small enough. Then I had another agent tell me I wasn't big enough. So I was like, crap, compartmentalize myself 100%. So I felt really sad. Like there wasn't a place for me in the industry. And so I just kept chucking along. You know, I was still represented by my commercial um, agent. So that was, that was fine, but I was pretty slow with life. I mean, life was slow. (laughs) And, um, 
So anyways, I just kept on recovering. You know, the weight scared me. I had never had a bigger tummy. I never weighed more. My body looked disproportional. I was comparing myself to everyone still. That's a part of my recovery. I wish I would have really tackled and I didn't like comparing myself to body positive people even. So not only, you know, I wasn't comparing myself to super skinny models anymore, but now I was comparing my body shape to people who were well into their recovery, who had bigger boobs and a bigger butt and had like a smaller waist. I really like was idolizing that hourglass figure. So it kind of went from comparing myself to this person to comparing myself to this person. So I felt very disproportional. I didn't love my body. So in September 2018, I go to Bali on a yoga retreat and I actually got my period back in Bali. I cried. I remember the day before I thought I had really bad gas. I remember literally doing a meditation with the girls. <laughs> I don't know if any of them listen to this, but I hope they are. I was doing like this really quiet meditation in Bali outside and it's like a beautiful and we're in the forest it's so majestic it's so magical and we're all meditating and I'm just like oh my gosh I have the worst gas cramps ever I thought I was like gonna have to leave if you know what I mean but it ended up not being gas it ended up being my period um which makes sense now so you know I woke up at like six in the morning and I was like damn my stomach hurts and I went downstairs to pee in the little hotel and I was like wow that's crazy so I called Rio right away and I was so happy at that point when I was in Bali I was doing some major soul searching um I had gotten a lot of clarity about my life's purpose while I was in Bali and actually that's when I decided to start a YouTube channel um when I was when I was there uh, which is actually really so special to me. Um, that was a really, really important trip for me. And so at this point, I was experiencing less symptoms of discomfort, like the ones that I had mentioned earlier. And I was experiencing a lot more positive recovery symptoms. I was sleeping great. You know, I didn't have that many digestive issues. I was clear headed. I was on a good sleep schedule. My libido came back. I was feeling like a better person and a better friend. And I really started to develop passions again and just in general started feeling alive. I think that's kind of like a cliche thing. You know, people are like, I felt alive. I'm doing like a hippy dippy face when I say that. But seriously, it's true. You know, you can feel dead inside and then you can feel alive inside there's a difference. I was feeling alive. So I get back from Bali and I started experiencing some mm, digestive problems when I got home. Um, also, I should really mention this before I talk about my digestion problems. I had really a beautiful faith journey throughout this entire time. I really had to buckle down and pray, read scripture, journal, my relationship with God really got stronger and stronger. Um, and something I really leaned on. So that's something I really want to mention. Anyways, love you, God. Thank you for everything. I don't know if God listens to podcasts. He probably does. He can do everything. Okay, anyways. So I got home. I started to experiencing some bad digestive symptoms. And I went to the doctor 
and I had gotten diagnosed with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is known as SIBO. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's from going to Bali. You know, um, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it is because it was it coincided pretty much perfectly. And unfortunately, SIBO is something, one of the many digestive issues that you can experience, um, anyone can experience really, but if you have a history of an eating disorder or if you're in recovery, your digestive system is going to be slow. It's going to be weak. So you are very susceptible to, you know, getting digestive issues. Uh, so I'm pretty sure we all know that if we're in recovery, it's not great, but like, that's good to know. I was prescribed antibiotics and it was difficult, but they helped. Um, and that was kind of like a hard part of my recovery journey at that point because, you know, before I had the diagnosis, I was like miserable. Um, so this is a side note. If you ever are experiencing major digestive discomfort, you should see a GI doctor. Even if you aren't, I think you should see a GI doctor if you have a history of disordered eating, especially purging, restriction, laxatives. I mean, any any of it really. I think it's really important for you to see a GI doctor who is versed in disordered eating. Um, I had my GI doctor recommended to me by a dietitian, so that's something that you know you have to kind of get the get that help first. Um, yeah. So that's a side note, but that's important to note. So I remember November 2018. It's Rio's birthday. We decided to go to Newport Beach, and he and I go get ice cream. We kind of have this like little camcorder and we take videos on it, like home videos. And he was taking a video of me dancing on the beach. I had my swimsuit on. I still have this video. And I remember looking back at the video and hating my body. I mean, truly thinking it was the worst I'd ever looked. But I ended up still going out for ice cream, still getting the food, still eating the food, um, still coping in a way. That's just kind of a spot that I will never forget being in mentally and physically. So if you are there right now, just know that you aren't going to be there forever, right? It's a dark time, but it's also a beautiful time. So I was just trying to focus on the positive things and um, none of my clothes fit. I threw them away and that was really difficult. Um, and I basically was wearing leggings and t-shirts every single day. So, okay. So I started my YouTube channel at the end of October, 2018. I had no expectations, no idea that I would actually have people listen to me. Obviously, YouTube changed a lot for me. It changed my life. It gave me a new purpose, which I hold so close to my heart. I could just cry talking about it. You know, when a mental struggle you suffer from for so long is kind of flipped on its head and you see provision from it, it not only kind of takes away its power completely, but it kind of gives you empowerment and strength back. So I feel really fortunate that I had that in my life. Um, and I think that it can happen for everyone too. I don't think you have to start a YouTube channel to do that. I think that you can just be vulnerable with people. You know, you don't have to be vulnerable right away, but eventually you never know whose life you can change from your own story, from 
conquering your struggles from seeing the light. There's a lot you know, to be said there, but it's important that you know that you will change people's lives with your vulnerability and your power. And it will give you back empowerment and strength. So it's a win-win. Moving on. It's 2019. So basically from January to July, here's what I'm talking about. I got a new modeling agent in January. My modeling agent is an angel. I could talk about her for a long time, but she basically believed in me. She is amazing. If you want to know who represents me, just go to any of my Instagram pictures that are modeling pictures. And I probably tagged her. I love her. So she really supported me a lot. Um, and she got me casting again, slowly. Uh, she was real with me and she got me, you know, back on track with castings. And I remember feeling really good. You know, I was feeling like the castings that I was getting were in alignment with me. I wasn't being sent out for like super, super thin castings and jobs that I wasn't really ready for. And I I still don't, you know, I don't want to be sent out for those jobs that aren't going to book me. That's something I feel like is a big disconnect in the industry. Why do agents send you out to these big cattle calls when you aren't going to book the job? It's a waste of time. And it also makes you feel like shit, really. So anyways, that's a side note. Um, But I, I started to feel good again. I was casting again. And I also started to see an eating disorder therapist in February because I felt like it was finally time to get some support. She really did help me a lot. She helped me with journaling, with prompts, and she did give me like meal support and stuff. And at this point, I'm making YouTube videos. I'm enjoying making challenge videos. Honestly, I look back on some of my videos and they're kind of cringy, but like I have to put my ego aside and remember that I'm not here in this world to look perfect. So that's why I keep them up. Um, But, you know, I really enjoyed making challenge videos and sit down videos, really. So yeah, my recovery was stronger than ever, although I still felt a really big shadow in my life and the temptations to engage in behaviors was, it was too strong. I was feeling stronger than ever, but I was still feeling like the temptations to engage were there. I engaged in behaviors one night. I felt so sad. I felt this deep internal depression. I didn't tell anyone. And finally a week later, which it sounds like a long time, you know, and it was, but it wasn't that long based on my history. But I finally told Rio, I finally told my therapist and made the personal choice to go to um, treatment, eating disorder treatment. So I got admitted in June. Oh no, sorry. I decided in June and I got admitted in July to intensive outpatient. You can check out my podcast on that. I literally have an entire podcast if you haven't heard it on treatment. So check that out after this if you want to learn more. But essentially, it did change my life and it forced me to take time off work. It really allowed me to heal my relationship with food, specifically carbs. It allowed me to make boundaries in my life that were really important. And it also gave me emotional intelligence that you know i will never forget i will never it'll never leave me and it kind of gave me closure in a way too eating disorders are like a bad freaking ex-boyfriend you know you need that closure so so after 12 weeks of iop i was discharged in the entire time i wasn't working i felt good but i really felt like i did need to see uh, a dietitian outside of after treatment I, I, i really wanted to see a dietitian so i got it 
a, di- a dietitian from um, some referrals I had gotten in treatment. And this is when my weight kind of started redistributing throughout my body. You know, a lot of people ask me, when does your weight dis- redistribute? And I have a video on that. It's on my channel. It's like a vlog style video, but it did take me a long time. You know, this is well into my recovery. So just keep that in mind. Okay. So October, 2019 is when I started seeing my dietitian weekly, which was amazing. So amazing. She gave me journaling prompts. She checked in with me. She helped me with my panic. At that time, I had somehow developed like major panic attacks. You know, I was just having them all the time and she really helped me with that, which is like so cool. And she also got me off all of my supplements. Um, If you guys listen to my story, my first podcast episode, I think it's my first one, um, then you'll remember that I had been on supplements, you know, I'd been on digestive enzymes. She even got me off of coffee for the time being just because I was relying on it so much. Four months later, I stopped seeing her. So I saw her for four months, basically every single week. Okay. Now, March to April, 2020. So we're moving up in time here. Um, this is basically my update from now. My recovery is really strong. I have a feeling like I will never go back to where I was before. I feel very connected and loving towards myself. You know, I still have days that I call like my little shadow days where it's difficult. It can be hard. But for the most part, I feel really strong. I feel like I have balance with my work and my life. Uh, I love my friends. I love my family. I love my husband. I love my dog. I should mention I had my dog, Millie. Oh, I can't even say her name without feeling my heart just explode into a million pieces of love. Wow. Yeah, I brought her out here. She's my dog, by the way. That's who Millie is. She is amazing. She's kind of like my, my bridge. You know, she saw me at my worst back in the day. And now I feel like she's seeing me at my best. So I feel like she's proud of me, even though she has no idea what's going on. Maybe dogs know. Maybe dogs know when you have an eating disorder. That's something that they might know. Maybe not specifically an eating disorder, but they know when you're struggling. So I feel really happy that she's out here in LA. This whole podcast is just side notes. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, so I feel really good right now. I have so much love. I have amazing subscribers and a community. I feel like I have the best people who watch my videos and who follow me. You can't, it, can't, it doesn't get any better than all of you. If you're, you know, kind of a part of the community, you guys are just the best. You guys keep me going. I try and read all my DMs. Oh my gosh. And you guys just have the best hearts. I love you all so much. So anyways, I feel really blessed and really good. Within the past month, I have stopped taking all my supplements. So I don't even take my probiotics anymore. And my digestive system has been kind of wrecked from the probiotics, you know, from not taking them. So I started to see my GI doctor again. I'm in the process of finding out what's wrong. And I just recently did a video called um, Why I Stopped Drinking Coffee. And I've started to drink some coffee here and then now, but I'm not drinking it with the mindset I had before and I'm not drinking that much of it. So that's something I want to, you know, be honest with you guys about. Recently, while I was in the shower, I had this overwhelming feeling to forgive myself 
for all of the damage that I had done to my body. And this was so healing for me. I just put my hands, one hand on my heart, one hand on my belly, and I closed my eyes and I was just like, Katie, I forgive you. I forgive you. You really screwed up your body. I almost said a bad word. You really hurt yourself, but I forgive you. It's okay. And I really encourage you guys to try that, to just, you know, if you're not in a place where you're ready to do that, that's understandable. But if you're like, man, I could really forgive myself right now, do it. Even if it's for just yesterday, you know, it doesn't have to be for your whole life, for your whole eating disorder. But even if it's just yesterday, forgiving yourself for a behavior or something like that, it's really strong. So um, highly recommended. And I really know that my journey of recovery is going to continue my entire life. Not necessarily the food or the emotional uh, part of it, but really like I know that I have learned something and will continue to learn something from just being in my body, not anyone else's body, not with a desire to look like somebody else, but just to be with myself and to love myself, uh, which takes so long. And it took me two years of recovery to really, truly look at myself and be like, yes, I can truly honestly say I love myself and I accept myself. Just keep going if you're in that, if you're in that boat. I don't feel like the same person. I feel like a completely different person. I feel like I have a different brain. I mean, when you're in the muddy waters of disordered eating, of diet culture, of quote-unquote wellness culture, you don't really see how crazy it is until you're out of it, right? So I don't feel like I have the same brain or heart. And throughout my entire recovery, throughout these two years, the voice that was telling me to do things got quieter and quieter. But, you know, throughout the entire time, I kept having to remind myself that it's a process. It's not something that changes overnight. It's a process. And another thing I want to say is that there is so much power in being vulnerable and surrendering your eating disorder to your treatment team, to your doctor, to your mom, to your partner, to your friend, to yourself. Just letting yourself be a little bit vulnerable and surrendering your eating disorder because it's not, it doesn't have to be a part of you. And my past with my eating disorder doesn't define me. I mean, obviously it does in a sense because I have made it like my niche on social media. I've made a podcast about it, but I know it's in my heart. It's not like a definition of me, of my identity. It's not who I am. And if you're in a place where you're like, Ugh, I feel like my eating disorder is who I am, then it's, it's not. Just know that it won't always feel like that. It doesn't define you. You know, and you can learn a lot from recovery. Recovery wisdom, man. It's not like normal wisdom. It's like super freaking charged. So I feel really strong because of that specifically. And 100%, like I said before, 110%, I think I said 110%, a recovery has always, always been worth it. Even in the darkest times where I was like, 
I hate you, girl. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to myself. I hate you. Even when oof, just saying that out loud makes me sad. But even in those times, it's been worth it. In the times where I've been on set and I've been around other models who look smaller than me, it's been worth it. When I am on set and there are people who aren't eating lunch, it's been worth it. That's been my two years of recovery. And I'm proud. <laughs> I am proud of making it. I feel like I've made it. There's no turning back. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it encouraged you. I have some really exciting people who are going to be on the episode next week. Okay. I just want you to remember that the dark times are the times that you need to really see the light. So keep pushing forward. Keep on coping and, you know, texting your friends talking to your therapist, taking to talk, taking to your, what am I saying? Talking to your psychiatrist, doing what you need to do. Um, we are in this together. So yeah, thank you for listening to my journey. I hope it inspired you in some way to keep going. See you in two years when I do a four-year update. <laughs> I'm sure my life will change in four years. You know, my recovery specifically. I know my life will change. That'd be weird if it didn't. Um, okay. You can clearly see that I'm starting to talk about nothing. Thank you again. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. Um, I'd love for you to leave me a rating and a review. You can do an honest rating, an honest review, you know, whatever. Just, um, yes, thank you so much, everyone. And I will see you on the next episode of Take the Cake. Bye, guys.